Hey guys, welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown with your host Jake Burns, and we are back for a Sunday edition where we are going to spend some time with Brad Ward, who does All Eyes on Cleveland, where we discuss a myriad of different things. If you missed my initial Deshaun Watson reaction and where I go a little more in-depth on my feelings about this scenario and the trade and everything around it, uh, check out yesterday's episode, which was just titled The Reaction to the Cleveland Browns-Deshaun Watson Trade. Otherwise, I go into it a little bit here with Brad, but not as detailed uh, as as I did before. And I really will not be doing, as again, this is a film breakdown podcast, analyzing player performance, player projection, schemes, all of that. I will not be spending a, a, a ton of time on personal lives and all of that. I mean, I'll cover it when the press conference is happening. We'll talk about the things surrounding it, but we're not going to spend a ton of time on that. I've laid out my reasons why I've laid out my reasons for how this podcast has always been structured and justified where I'm at with covering the Cleveland Browns, so on and so forth. Go into it a little with Brad here, but also really encourage you if you care about my opinion on this thing, maybe you don't care at all. Uh, If you do check out yesterday's podcast and this one, Brad and I talk about a little bit of the Watson stuff, more of the suspension looming, the contract, and then players that are either being talked about coming back, how they cleared up cap space, what the ramifications are on the cap, other players they could be bringing in, so on and so forth. A lot of information here talking about the quarterback moves with Case Keenum and Jacoby Brissett and so on and so forth today. So a really good episode with Brad, whose podcast I love as a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, All Eyes on Cleveland. Check that out. Make sure you're checking the OBR, where we will have a lot of interesting data up on Watson and film studies coming soon so you can see the type of player this guy is uh, that the Browns were so gung-ho on going out, getting, acquiring, and putting all their chips into the middle of the table and going above and beyond for a player that many don't agree uh, was was worth uh, the effort to do that for based on all the things surrounding the person. So uh, just analyzing the player, that's what we will do because that's what the job entails at the OBR covering the Cleveland Browns. So keep your eyes out for that if that's something you are interested in. Otherwise, I won't waste another second of our time. Let's get over to our interview and time spent with Brad Ward. All eyes on Cleveland OBR Film Breakdown crossover episode. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is happening? I am your host, Brad Ward, and this is a crossover edition of All Eyes on Cleveland and the OBR Film Breakdown with the great Jake Burns. Jake, how are you doing this evening, sir? Brad, I'm great, man. How are you? I am doing well. Uh, much to discuss, obviously. 
as our Browns are going all in, it appears, is, is what I'm going to name the show, Browns going mm-hmm. all in. Yeah, see, it appears that way. Um, and I kind of want, you know, obviously there's a lot to talk about, Jake, but I want to preface this show real quickly because there's a lot of football stuff I want to talk about and try to keep the show to mostly that stuff. And, and obviously this Deshaun Watson thing, which was shocking, absolutely shocking. I don't think I've ever been more shocked by a sports news surrounding one of my favorite teams I don't think ever in my life probably won't ever be again than I was on Friday afternoon, right? So, um, and I know it's a deep and there's a lot of layers to this thing, but I I would just say this, just to get it out of the way here, Jake, because I haven't really spoken on this yet, that I think that anybody's feelings and the way they feel about it are justified, and I think that however you feel about Watson being here, how the Browns handled it, you're entitled to those feelings. Uh, everybody has different things in their lives that affect them and and make them feel that way. I certainly have feelings about it, um, but mainly want to focus on the football aspect of it. And I just, I just don't – I want people to know they're listening. Like, if you feel a certain way – I feel you're certainly entitled to feeling that way, and I kind of want to leave it at that. Yeah, I, I think that you 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 have to for for my my job. Listen, this and I said it yesterday, and I, I don't want to expound on this too much. If you really want to know my opinion, I, I put it out there yesterday in about a twenty minute show. But like, this is my job. This is what I'm paid to do. I'm paid to analyze the Cleveland Browns. I don't get paid to make decisions for them. I don't get paid to give them my opinion. I do not get paid to play judge jury executioner that's not what i'm here for there are plenty of people in this world who work in occupations that either don't agree with their employer don't agree with the people they represent so on and so forth i get it i get it if you were offended by this i'm not going to go into my deep theory on it but i don't think anybody should ever be okay with the things that have been floated out there we'll see if those things actually manifested or not or whatever transpired again your opinion on it is is justified. Whatever way you feel about it, cool. I'm not going to sit. You're not going to listen to this podcast from me, and I'm not going to change your mind. Uh, it just doesn't happen. It's not the way it goes. And you're not listening to any show called Film Breakdown on my end. I can't speak for your listeners, Brad, but if you're tuning in on my end, you don't listen to a Film Breakdown show to get character analysis. So like, there's shows out there exactly. that do that, and if they do that, that's great. And maybe that's what you want to listen to. I have to keep doing my job. I can't walk away from this because it represents and. Uh, not not rep- represents, but provides for my family. So I have to continue to analyze the X's and O's uh, aspect and give player analysis aspects that I do for the OBR and for this podcast. So that's where I'm at. Uh, I cannot change what the Browns have done. All I can do is listen to it, soak it in, and try to do my best to separate job from from personal uh, uh, you know opinion. And that's it. Because I my again my my largest part of my theory about life, Brad, is I I control what I can control. I can't change things. I can't do things out of my realm of control so i just kind of have to go with the flow here and react to the cleveland browns and uh that's what i'll yeah. continue to do you know so yeah. that's if you're listening to this pod from my end that's what i'll do if you don't love it then i don't i don't blame you for walking away totally get it i think i've put out there my feelings that you should know how i feel about the scenario but again to each their own on this i think that's okay too yeah yeah that's kind of how i feel is that um you're entitled to your opinion and, and and that but that's not what we're here to talk about and that's not what you know my show has ever really been about is, is that kind of stuff uh and uh you know feel how you about how you want about it but we're going to talk about the football aspect of things with the cleveland browns right now and that's why you're tuned into all eyes on cleveland 
and the OBR Film Breakdown crossover like we did many nights uh, for preview, game previews. Jake, we're doing now as the Browns are, it appears, going all in. I want to talk about, first of all, with you today, uh, shaping this quarterback room. We know Deshaun Watson is there. We know that that is a huge upgrade as far as a quarterback goes and immediately changed the uh, the Browns' odds to win the Super Bowl and immediately made them a much better team. Um, now, there's a most likely certain, I wrote an article on it, I think it'll be at least six-game suspension probably. I've heard a lot of people, Jake, talk about uh, that because he sat out a year, somehow that's going to count as time served or whatnot. I don't think that's how this is going to play out, in my opinion. I think he's going at least going to get six, and there'll be some sort of a, um, if they want to add it and kick it to eight, they may do that pending the investigation. So, And, and I don't think any of that will come out until any of this is settled. Uh, so I think it would do them uh, as far as, the effect on its effect on football, it would do Watson and his camp well to come to terms with all of that before the season begins so that they can get the suspension in and over with instead of starting the season where he continues to kick the can down the road and not settle and not do this and that, and then they don't give a suspension out until later where it could affect the season differently. I've heard many different timelines laid out, but my feeling about that is get it over with, serve the suspension, and move on from there. Um, I think it'll. Uh, yeah, least I would. Be I six. would operate. You think you're right, Brad. I would operate under the idea that my my mind is on. He's done for. Whenever they settle the suspension, it's a year. I think that it is an unprecedented case, volume wise. Now, again, there are things, and I continue to go back to this. I know everybody has a stance on the situation from what they've heard. Totally get it. What you've heard. I at least want to hear why every single NFL team that could was interested did they unearth something different than what we know publicly the browns have not announced his signing i know deshaun's agent did put it out there on social media tonight we're recording this on saturday the 19th but his uh the cleveland browns have not announced it yet i'm sure there's a big plan i've talked about this being the biggest single press conference the browns have had since they got back in 99 how they frame this like what they answer these questions i'm going to give them the opportunity to at least tell us the story and at least hear Deshaun's <clears throat> side of the story and just I just want to hear it all uh, because I, I again I, I think that you that's the best thing to do is what they would do in a trial it's what they'll do in all of this is here's everything from both sides so I'm going to listen to it I'm going to hear it out I think in my mind as I'm preparing for this thing I'm preparing for whenever the dust settles on the suspension it's going to be a year because of this current amount of knowledge I have if it's less than that eight six whatever cool they'll deal with it i don't know if that suspension will happen this year i don't know if that can will be kicked down the road like you said because maybe the nfl knows we're talking strictly hypotheticals here maybe the nfl knows about the way the contract was structured in the one million base salary for 22 and they say well we'll kick this investigation out as long as we can and start reaching into his pocket come 23 i really don't know and everything's on the table there might not be enough there because there's unearthed things here that we don't know and they never suspend him. I'm, but I'm operating under the idea you should too, because you'll say, well, why would they suspend him? It didn't go to trial. Ezekiel Elliott, Ben Roethlisberger, many people who didn't do a criminal, uh, a criminally charged act. Uh, no official charges brought have been suspended for the personal conduct policy. Six games like Brad is stating here is the standard mark. 
I think that this case is larger sheer volume of people as it sits here again today on March 19th that could justify a massive suspension. So I don't play into, like you said, the, the, the time served air quotes thing there. Don't because that was his choice. He wanted right. out of the situation before those charges were even brought. He was holding right. out and trying to get out of that situation in Texas. And, and there's a whole bunch of stuff about the, the way that owner was treating black players and a whole bunch of different things that I think people have not really discussed enough, but whatever, you know, I'm listening to other people's pods out there on these kinds of things. But again, to my point, I'm banking on a year whenever it does come to fruition. I think the Browns are probably banking on a year. I just, I think you start there and you work backward from your expectation standpoint. The Browns could have an idea already what the suspension is going to be. I don't know much like when the Adam Schefter tweet came across at four o'clock that he picked the Browns. I don't know. I don't know any of this and I'm not going to pretend to know, but I think if you plan on the worst and work your way back, you have a nice launch point for where you can expect him to be the guy. A million levels of mystery. I'm sure when Jimmy and Andrew and Kevin get in front of this thing and Deshaun speaks for the first time, they might already have an idea of what they're looking at, but we don't know. So that's where you plan on it. That's where Jacoby Brissett comes into the fold, as we know, and you're going to talk about here in a second, Brad. But there, there's yeah. a bunch of plans, scheming that the Browns – back to the original point, Brad. Like They have been planning every element of this thing behind closed doors for a long time. And right. you don't even know how deep they're planning on this thing is. So we'll see what shakes out. And we'll, I, I, like I always do, whether it's a draft pick or a trade or, or any of the other things that they do, free agent signings, I'm always interested in what they say after it goes down because that's where you actually learn something. So that's yeah. my stance. No question. And, and that's interesting. You said a year and work backwards. You think it might be a year. It's unprecedented. I get that too, especially coming off of, you know, suspending a guy for, for a year for gambling, right? Uh, how would it look to come down with anything less than that? It, it, yeah. His public appearance would go, right? But uh, at the same time, um, we you're right. We haven't heard in the press conference is going to be absolutely huge, and I'm sure that AB will be fantastic. I just know that that's how he is and, and the way that he plans. And I'm sure that the Browns have been working their league contacts through and through this whole process to try to figure out what that suspension will be. Either way, they land on Jacoby Brissett uh, today, right, and out with Case Keenum. Did they do this, Jake, because Brissett resembles Watson and they can put in an offense that works for both of them, in your opinion? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I think that those are more similar players. Both guys are nimble enough right movers better movers than baker and case are more similar fashion of movers have played in systems that resemble the system that they're going to arrive in and obviously the system that stefanski uses here will not be the same system that he used for baker they will amend it to an extent have their baseline and work off of that baseline but yeah it'll be moving target and i think they want to they wanted to find a player who again like you said is going to to more than likely find serious time they see Brissett as being a more suitable backup for the skill set that Watson has trying to mimic some things they do for him offensively to keep everybody around the quarterback comfortable and then while at the same time I think upgrading the player too I don't think that's really a debatable thing so I think he's a he's a far better backup option right now than what uh you know what case was presenting and I respect the case I mean I thought case 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 was a consummate professional did his job, man. Like shout out to him. I hope he has getting six million next year. He kept that figure, which is awesome for him. Going to yeah. Buffalo, a great organization, a great situation. They're going to win plenty of games, and 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 yeah, man. Like Browns took care of him, did right by him, and got a little something something in return. So I think it was best for both sides. 
Brown's Going All In uh, podcast with uh, Brad Ward and Jake Burns, uh, all eyes on Cleveland film break, OBR film breakdown crossover uh, edition. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, 29 years old, last year played for Miami, five touchdowns, four interceptions, six games, went two and four. In his career, Jake, uh, he started, or yeah, I believe started 37 games over six seasons, 14 and 23 with an 83 passer rating. Thoughts on the player in general? Yep, yep, yep. Gotcha. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Brad. <laughs> I really don't. I have not watched much of Jacoby Brissett. I think Me neither. His, yeah. his skill set is meshable in terms of they, he can escape and use his legs to extend plays. He has a, 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 a pocket-based game like Deshaun, um, but I have not watched enough to uncover what, uh, what really are his strengths uh, as a quarterback. Sure. So I, I don't have a great answer. I, mean, I got so much digging in to do on so many of these guys, but – I think he's fine. I think he's an elevated athlete, which is important because I think Kevin wants to move his guys. But he's yeah. also a big guy. He can hang in the pocket. I think the, the 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 big part of his game has always been trying to find ways to win from the pocket. Um, a, a lively arm, not accurate uh, entirely enough as it needs to be, but but can make those throws down the field that they think they're going to have opportunities with Amari, with the you know with Anthony Schwartz in year two, with Donovan Peoples Jones and whoever else they bring in to make some of those plays, but also coachable and can make the simple plays too. So uh, they, they like raising the basement of uh, athletic ability, arm strength, and and youth in that quarterback room. Yeah, and you think, once again, just to reiterate, you think that is an upgrade over Case Keenum? Yeah, there's no doubt in my mind. I mean, Case is a nice nice guy, nice player, good worker, good leader, you know, a nice guy in your quarterback room, but there's no doubt the level of athletes better, the arm strength is better, the – Sure. All of that stuff. You still don't want Kobe Brissett to, to start a ton of games for you, but he's just, you know, he's a fine backup in terms of yeah. what they have in Watson. He's going to see some action, though, as we already talked about, and, and they're mm-hmm. going to need him to play respectively well in this offense, you know, uh, for whatever amount of time that is. So, And he's a seasoned veteran, too, Brad. I mean, he's exactly. played and started a lot of ball games. He's been around the 37 starts. Yeah. 37 it's, starts. It's a lot of experience. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. All right. You know, the title of the show, Brown, is going all in, and this is kind of where I get to this, right? So, you know, we've seen this kind of cap management to a certain degree from the Browns, um, but all over the league more and more. You know, the Saints have been kicking the can for years, right, uh, to be able to do what they want to do. And and the teams that have won the Super Bowl the past couple years have done this, right? The Browns are now kind of operating in that way across the board, it seems like, as Cooper now— Today, Amari Cooper uh, gets his uh, base salary kicked into a bonus. Um, and Watson, and this number was astounding when I read this, and, and just your thoughts on on the overall approach with this, is it looks like, you know, they'll be relieved of $18 million, $18 million off, the, off the cap when Baker is moved here, and that'll free them up even further. But uh, Watson and Cooper making a combined $66 million this year will count for about $15 million on this year's cap. It's going to be a case study, Brad, a case study of cap management. I feel like this conversation about when the Browns ever figured it out. God, I, I, I joined Brown's Twitter really uh, air quotes <laughs> there joined it in like 2017. And the whole discussion was this whole one and 31 rebuild, all this cap ramifications coming down the road, down the road, down the road. Well, like now is where you would actually see it. We talked about a quarterback contract. Most of us considered that quarterback contract to be Baker Mayfield. Now you're looking at it with Watson at a really, right. really uh, 
um, a, a large extent here, right? Because it's it's guaranteed dollars. So what you're looking at is how do you see your guys manipulate the cap? And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna panic at I'm I'm in the middle, just like most things I am in life. But like, you know, people are <laughs> there's certain people that think the cap is like this fake thing, and they'll point to the Saints and say this, that, or the other. And it's like, well, did you look at the Saints lose Marcus Williams, Toronto Armstead? They're losing people. Right. Keeping a core, but you can't keep everybody, and that makes the cap real. Otherwise, you would just keep everybody. Like That's not how it is, but it's also malleable in the right positions for the right situations. And like if you have a championship window, say the Browns are looking at this and think they have four years here before they have to reset running back, wide receiver, tackles, like all these things, maybe maybe not tackle, but guard, and there's all these other positions – you know, they think, okay, we'll kick it off down the road, down the road, down the road. We're going to reshine. We have Deshaun for five. We're going to resign him in four years. They're going to keep him in perpetuity as long as they can, as long as Deshaun's healthy and playing well and keeps yeah. his head on right. Obviously, that would be their plan. Otherwise, they wouldn't go into it this way. But the idea is, yeah, you keep converting some cash in certain situations where it makes sense. You keep converting, keep buying years out later. And then eventually, when it falls apart, you've hit your championship window. Maybe you win a title. Maybe you don't. Maybe you win one. Maybe you win two. You then eventually reset your roster. And when that happens, void years are not that big of an impact anymore because we don't really care right now because we are kind of accepting that we're going to bottom out and do this, that, or the other. So, you know, we'll see how they structure it. They're they're going to do some things that get interesting. Right? You, you, you can you promise your quarterback two hundred thirty million dollars guaranteed. There might be some chances down the road that he does look at the cap situation and tries to find ways to help the team if they've done right by him, which the Browns have done more right by this player than any player ever. I, I I mean that in the strongest way possible. This is the single yeah. most guaranteed dollars. They work to get him out of a situation. They're believing in him when no one else believes in him. And to an extent, I think every team does. But in terms of like his bias, low, but the single most buy low scenario for a player in the NFL, in terms of public opinion of a guy, they're, they're all in on him. They have never been yes. more all in on him. So I think the Browns might be hoping that down the line, he rewards them in a certain scenario the way Tom Brady rewarded New England late in his career or something like that. So, you know, there's some of that I think that could be going on too. The Browns are trying to do a little bit of that too, at the same time scratching the itch of we had to do this to get him anyway kind of thing. But what I'm getting yeah. at is the cap can be pushed on. You got But the thing that you got to keep thinking of is like if you're going to let guys like Toronto Armstead, Marcus Williams go, the, people talk about the Rams, Brad, all the time, right? right. The Rams are selling off these picks and they're all in and they're burning cap and they're void. Well, look at what they've done with their late day two, day three picks. They've hit home runs everywhere. And yep. they've made smart trades. They've made an Austin Corbett buy low that turned into a nice player that they then ship off and get a comp pick back for. They're the, they've done all these different things. You have to be extremely savvy in the draft so that yep. when guys that you you drafted earlier are set for you, certain guys you can let go while keeping your core together. Yeah, like you're important people. You can mend things, maneuver things, do things. You know, so I'm not going to worry about the cap until I have to. And, I, and I, I get it. They're now in the midst of these discussions. But if the guys are good that they're doing this for, they're going to open up opportunities to win enough football games that ultimately some of these things down the line don't matter. And you can work different void years for different guys in different windows to keep those important cogs. So I don't think you should be losing a single shred of sleep over any of the cap. And really with Watson – you know, the money's guaranteed. Cool. Most of these deals, you won't see that much money guaranteed. But if a quarterback plays as well as you think he's going to play, that money's going to be guaranteed because he's going to be good enough. Like, that's what the Bills did. They only paid 150 of guaranteed money on a, on a 200-plus contract that got, that got well over 200. 
but he's going to get that because he's going to be good for them for a long time. Like, yeah, yeah. They, the Browns just did something that's going to tick off a lot of people. They said, Hey, we're just going to guarantee it all. Right. It's going to tick off a lot of people, but because partly because it's going to change how negotiations happen for other players across the league. But, you know, I, I think to your point with the 66 million, but they're only 15 million cap. I don't Jim, Jimmy Haslam's money. Don't care, bro. Right. Could not care less about that guy's money. Ship it off to the players that you find. I, I will never, never lose an ounce of sleep over that. Uh, guaranteed dollars versus non. As long as yeah. you can keep your flexibility in terms of what you can do with your conversions of, of base salary into signing bonus and keep your cap a little bit flexible to bend, uh, to bend those numbers. And, and a reminder too, the cap's going to keep going up a little bit more and more each year as it seems like the NFL is not slowing down anytime soon. Yeah, I guess my point was more of, hey, look, they're already they're already starting to behave like a team in its window, and mm-hmm. as soon as this Watson thing went down, they're in the window now, right? And and it's time to start converting some of those contracts, like they did with Cooper, and uh, freeing up cap room to bring in. Uh, it's an arms race in the AFC, and and the Browns have to keep up with that, even though they already have a good roster. They still have other things to do with this roster, and uh, they have to create that room and, and be able to be ready and flexible to make moves here in this next, like you said, four-year window. And just as you were making a great point, and, and just kind of how I'm going to phrase it is, just as it can be smart on the front end to make these moves with the money, you can manage it well on the back end and even it out. And as you said, layer these 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 uh, void years and contracts over each other so mm-hmm. that you can just keep on moving it down and paying certain things out at certain times. There, You can manage it well on the front, create flexibility now, and still manage it well on the back end and be okay. Um, that doesn't make the cap meaningless, right? It just sure. means that if you manage it properly, you can extend your window if it needs to be extended. But right now, they're looking at a window where they want to win right now, and I feel that way. The cap was uh, fake. Everybody would play in New England or Tampa Bay or whatever. Like go. That's not how it works, man. They, they, right. Cap is real. It's just you draft the right people, you have opportunities to keep them and make it work, and that's largely a part of getting the right people involved in your organization in the first place, right? So, yeah, it's real. You, The people are like, the cap is fake. Okay, it's not. You know, it's real, but you got to look at how it all shakes together, because if it wasn't real, then we'd have a bunch of the L.A. Dodgers and New York Yankees and all of that stuff. So I think you got to look at it that way. Jake, you don't care where uh, Baker Mayfield goes. You're not scared of him, right? No, I mean, I hope Baker finds I hope Baker's happy. I hope he finds the right. I, I, I don't know if I expressed this yesterday the way I needed to like. I am very thankful for how well Baker Mayfield raised the bar of the quarterback room in Cleveland. He did some great things. I think the Browns did great things for him, and I think he did some great things for Cleveland. But uh, and I and listen, I wish him well. I hope his uh, there's uh, the, Baker catches a lot of flack. There's a lot of things floating out there. I hope him and his wife and everybody in his life they find some peace with the situation because. I could see where he's very much offended, right? I mean, Baker yeah. brought the, ba- the Browns yeah. back to relevancy, whether that relevancy was people bashing him or bashing the organization or whatever. Uh, in general, that's probably not. It's just really a, 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 a character that drew a lot of eyeballs, uh, the, a guy that, that people were drawn to from whether a leadership perspective or just he had whatever that factor is that you either loved it or hated it. And that yeah. was really good for business for the Browns and people covering it and shows like mine and things like that. And, and he made the Browns 
uh, a talking point. Put it that way, Brad. He made them a talking point. And sure did. Um, I hope he finds some level of success in the NFL moving forward somewhere. I hope he finds happiness, and I hope he can find a decent career. I am zero percent afraid of Baker Mayfield if they traded him to Pittsburgh. Okay, <laughs> that was Ooh, my. Like, that was my. Question. I don't. I don't have a. I don't have a care in the world. He can be an. He's an average quarterback, with. Uh, I've made this clear a million times by now. Spikes above and and spikes below. More yeah. often spikes below than spikes above, but he can put like, do not be surprised if he goes to Seattle or Indy and puts together some decent seasons, like some nice seasons. Oh, but again, yeah. the rubber meets the road with him. His teams will not go to the places they need to go unless everything falls into perfect position and has a Nick Foles Eagles like layout happen. And that's, it's just, it's just the way it is for him. Unless he, Re, this whole thing has has pushed him so deep down and has found a whole nother level of human inside of him to then turn himself into this different quarterback, different preparation style, different work ethic in terms of his issues, his 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 lack of consistency, unless it changes everything. And it could. There's a realm of possibility. And I always talk about this, Brad. Everybody wants to wear rose-colored glasses when things are going in a certain direction. This is a rose-colored glasses scenario with Watson. I even laid out yesterday some concerns for him about, like, now that he's an actual villain, does it impact him, right? Yeah. He, You know, the impact, the villain role is something you're not always prepared for because you want people to love you. This is a really big thing with Miami LeBron, right, where LeBron just wanted people to love him. That's his only thing ever, and he wasn't prepared for the vile reaction he got in Miami that first year. With yeah. Watson, he has never been on the field, the vile uh, person, the people that the people hate. He didn't experience it. He ex- he demanded a trade, and before 2021, the allegations came out months later. And, like, he never was on the field as this guy with this stuff that he's carrying to the field now. So there is this outcome where he's not the same quarterback. I don't I hope for yeah. everybody involved. That would be wholly ugly. I hope that yes. doesn't come to fruition. The same with Baker. There but there is, is a outcome. non-zero chance. There is a non-zero chance that yes, it affects him. Yes, yeah. Which is it's, it's that's a very good way to put it, Brad. The same way with Baker. There's a situation where this happens with him, and he has a serious sit-down, self-thought situation where why did this team I was drafted to, and I think from the outside looking in, there's some stories, but he <laughs> did everything he could to help them. Why yeah. did they do this and sign this guy to this record money? Like, what can I do different somewhere else to make myself matter? And I know people try to talk about this all the time of yeah, Baker's going to come back. and That's cool. It's fun for you if you're a huge Baker supporter to believe that. I have nothing that tells me that's going to happen. Nothing tells me that's going to happen. He's going to have some games here and there. But I have nothing that tells me he's going to light this Drew Brees-like candle and go on to a, a Pro Bowl. Uh, he hasn't even been to the Pro Bowl, to a Pro Bowl All-Pro Hall of Fame career. Nothing right. tells me that. But, as you said, it's not a 0% chance scenario. It could happen for him. He could have a whole self-awareness rebirth wherever he goes. And I'm talking about as a person, as a worker, as a leader, as a player. That could happen for him because this situation has drawn out some of the worst things in his life here and has probably put him at a low since of his Texas tech departure. And I would imagine there could be a rebirth for him, but I don't have anything that tells me that. And I'm not going to sit here and live in fear of if Pittsburgh says, we'll give you a one and nobody else even offers a two 
hey man, enjoy. Here's what Pittsburgh's got: these nice restaurants, and you, you can do your thing there. And then, <laughs> like, I'm not living in that fear. So like, take the best offer, and maybe they'll do right. Maybe they'll do right by him, Brad. Maybe they'll say, hey, we have these offers, and where do you prefer? Maybe they'll do that. I don't know. It doesn't the situation doesn't scream to me that's going to happen based on how he requested the trade or demanded the trade, whatever way you want to put that, and the way the Browns instantly. And for my opinion, the way it was instantaneous reaction was Jimmy Haslam texting a reporter that screamed that there's a huge, huge issue here. So, like, I just think they're going to yeah. highest bidder him, in my opinion. So highest bidder yeah, gets that, him and go. I feel like that's what they should do, too, to be honest. I mean, he hasn't done many favors publicly. I mean, it, like yeah. you said, you you know, it, it there's a definite there's not going to be great feelings there at the end of this, I don't think. You know, for the fan base, there'll be moments that you feel, and certainly I'll remember 2018 and 2020 very fondly sure. forever, yeah. right? Yep. Uh, but absolutely, the way that's ended, there's uh, they should take the highest bid uh, in compensation, in my opinion, uh, no matter where that is, personally. That's the way I feel about it. And and, and like you're saying, you know, the, the stuff that has happened to Baker, and I kind of want to just piggyback off what you were saying because it was really good stuff about – you know, what happens to Watson now, what happens to Baker now, both things going on in their lives are the type of things that can change a person to the core, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you can't, as I was saying before, you can't rule that out. There is a non-zero chance that somehow he, that completely changes who he is. Same thing with Watson. Is it likely? Probably not. But there is a chance, right? Um, looking at the quotes that we saw out there, the Browns want a grown-up in the locker room, right? So there's, I've seen all this stuff, and I, and I just want to piggyback off some of the stuff you were saying about Baker's preparation and things like that, right? Um, and people are going, how is this guy a grown-up? Well, I think more than anything, what they're referring to is on the field, in the locker room, grown-up, Right? Throw the rest of the stuff out for right now, okay? Let's talk about who he is on the field, with the press, in the locker room, as a leader. Is he a grown-up? They needed a grown-up. I think that you will, that's what we're talking about more than off the field. So I think people need to draw that parallel a little bit when when saying how what a slap in the face and how, you know, how uh, ironic that is that it's Watson and they wanted a grown-up and look at what he's facing. I, it's it's not that that we're talking about. It's the way that he handled himself on the field and in the locker room. Preparation with the press, things like that, Jake. Not a doubt about it. That is perfectly stated. I think people take it as their personal lives. And, and again, you may have seen some of these things that have now hit social media. You may have not. Some of them have happened over the course of years. I don't think Mayfield has a gleaming uh, personal life off the field, as people think. And that's I'm not trying to kick a guy when he's out. These are things that have been out there, and and, and they uh, have been some true, some not. You can believe whatever you want, but that part of it in and of sure. itself, if you're looking at I don't think that that statement was ever meant to be a personal grown-up. I think what they're talking about is, yes, the locker room, the leadership in a locker room and on a football field the the character uh treating uh, and, and again i said this a, a while back the way watson handles press conferences if you look at them and why i was so surprised by what came out is like i've only had these small glimpses into watson the person in these 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 press conferences 
where he will go into great, great detail with a ton of respect about here's what the thought process is behind cover three, this, uh, these different angles, respectful they're, answers. They're fun I to watch, the, yeah. A ton of fun to watch, and that's why I was so perplexed by these accusations that came out. And, 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 um, but I think that you're, you're right about it. The way he, even in this situation, he still has a ton of supporters in the NFL in a different way than Mayfield does. And yes. um, I don't think this takes a ton of uh, digging in terms of looking this stuff up. I think it's all very much out there. They want a professional quarterback in the Berea location on the job and what all of that entails as a grown-up. Conversations yes. within the organization, um, how they handle adversity on a football field and in the locker room. All of that stuff, that's what they mean. And I think a lot of people took it as like this big picture stuff, which if you stack Baker Mayfield against Deshaun Watson and what Deshaun Watson has done uh, to his scenario in life, it it's not even comparable. So I get right. people getting really offended by that. That but I it think appears hypocritical on. on the surface if you 100%. look at it that way. Yeah. Yes. Very well said, Jake. Absolutely. And I wanted to just kind of make that point. Is I, I had thought about that uh, a couple of times, and I'm glad that you echoed that and you very well said. You're listening to All Eyes on Cleveland and the OBR film breakdown crossover event. The Browns go all in. Three things I want to finish up with here, Jake. Not much longer at all. Let's get to them real quickly here. Uh, some news today also that, uh, well, I guess – it's been reported that Clowney has an offer out there, right? Two years, $24 million. Um, r- rumors that he's likely to return now. Rumors that Jarvis is revisiting a uh, return to Cleveland. I don't mm-hmm. know what Jarvis is in this wide receiver market, which appears to be exploding a little bit, right? Um, I don't know what he's worth on this market, but as I looked at the free agents before this show, I'm not sure that you can do much better than him on the open market right now. No, there's there are some options out there like sort of hidden Jamison Crowder, Keelan sure. Cole, um, you know, Will Fuller still sits out there. Valdez uh, you know, Scantling's interesting. Mar- Marcus Valdez Scantling sitting out there as a burner type, sort of similar to Will Fuller. And then you have you know, big name Julio Jones is still out there. If he thinks he has any more gas left in the tank, uh, right. it was looking for the right scenario to try to break in and break, uh, you know, one one last run of the Super Bowl, whatever. Um, there are names out there, but it's not as abundant as it was. And there are some guys that like, you know, the Juju Smith-Schuster contract is shallow. Like there's not a ton of money out there. That's why the Browns, I believe, were in on Robert Woods, really close to making that scenario come to fruition. I think Tennessee swept in and took that from them. And interesting, um, you know, that that's 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 definitely out there, too. So, yeah, the Jarvis connection could be real, could be not. I mean, I think there are better players on the market, but Jarvis is everything around the play that they loved uh, and why that decision was hard for them. Uh, uh, um, And really great locker room presence still through that adversity with his good friend that they, they enjoyed. And obviously he has the respect of people that will be coming in. Amari Cooper, Deshaun, they all respect Jarvis as a widely respected figure in the league. I think they could draft somebody better as a player for that role, but that's just me. But if they go back to him, I totally understand it too if it's at a cheap cost. So we'll see because they still haven't really pegged down a slot player. So 
we'll see what that looks like. But Jarvis is out. I mean, you know, but there's there's ways to skin the cat, right? Different ways yeah. to go about this, different names that are still floating. And pick trades, 44 and 78. Not. Yeah, trades still. Yeah, like with the Robert Wood scenario I'm talking about, you know, Tyler Lockett could be a guy that Seattle wants to come off of at the right yeah. price, at the right scenario. So, um, you know, there, there's, like I said, too, 44 and 78 are probably going to have some nice names sitting there, too, if they want to attack wide receiver or whatever they get back from Seattle, right? They could say, hey, we're going to – I'm saying Seattle, hypothetical. Whoever they trade Baker for, if they get yeah. a second-round pick in this year's draft or third, that's the spot we're going to peg down drafting a receiver. That's the one we're going to use there. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of different ways. I'm not really worried about wide receiver right this second. Do you feel like you have a gra- a little bit of a grasp on what his compens- Baker's compensation will be, like a day one and a day two or something like that? So hard to, to figure out. It's I think, hard, right? I think as you sit here, the baseline would be wins, but then you start thinking things that are not working in your favor. Coming off a serious surgery, mm-hmm. coming off public the, the public of the NFL, if you get outside of the Brown circles, Really, not many Baker fans out there. No, I'd put it at like eighty-five, fifteen. You can find fifteen percent that support, eighty-five that are on that on opposite end of the spectrum with him. And then, and even though he's had good years, good stretches, right? And then you you got to mix into the the element of uh, the contract. He's got one year left on his contract, and there's no uh, security there. And if he has a great year, he might be looking for some stupid high contract that some team ultimately still doesn't want to give him. So. Yeah. That's another element. So I think you have my sights are set on if you can get something multiple in the day two range, which is rounds two or three, you feel pretty good about it. What you're hoping for is that Carolina, you know, the the, the maybe the Giants, um, Atlanta, maybe as they're starting to kind of obviously one eye their future post Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan mm-hmm. could even get pushy and want to get out of there anyway because of the Watson situation because that's a nightmare for Atlanta right now is that not getting Watson and what that looks like now for them. Um, you know, those three plus Seattle plus Indy are bidding against each other and they can play up one team, right? So yeah, that's what you're hoping for. I think you set your sights on like a, uh, a day two pick and maybe somebody says, ah, we'll, we'll push it off a year and give you a 23 with a conditional to be a one if we play them enough. So that's kind of what your hope is. Yeah, uh, that's, I said day one, day two. I meant day two, day three. Uh, yeah. But yeah, like a two, two, three or three and a five or two and a six or something like that seems to kind of seem maybe in the realm of possibilities or something like that. But yeah, um, it's and it's funny for those teams. It's it's it really is like musical chairs. Like the music stopped, and now you know Bake's got to sit down somewhere, and you know whoever whoever's holding that chair there get, is going to end up and he's going to be your starting quarterback. I mean, at this point, it feels like Indy would love to take him because. There's nobody left, right? I mean, really. I don't know who so. they plan on playing. I don't even know. I think they're guys like Ellinger right now. Now, they could be all in. You know, this is the thing we don't all think about enough. They could be all the way in on a quarterback in the draft and have a plan yeah. to go get the guy That's they true. want. And, you know, because because those are things that don't leak. You know, if you got a quarterback, if you got a guy, you know, hey, we've heard them discuss it. Agents leak things nonstop. But you can keep a decision on, like, hey, we love Kenny Pickett. We love Matt Corral um, or we love uh, Malik Willis and we have a plan to go get this guy at this pick and make two or three people in the organization know that period. And that's why it gets kept tight. So while we sit here and we're like, what are they going to do? Where are they going to go? They could love a guy in this draft. You just never know. Yeah, very true. 
something kept very close to the vest and that we wouldn't know until the day of the draft. That's where we get blown away all the time. Last question. How do you think they address, you know, at this point, defensive tackle has really not been addressed at all uh, through the first few days of free agency, as you said before. And there's really no concern because there's multiple ways to to skin a cat and go at this, right, as you kind of said about wide receiver too. What do you think their best approach is at this point? Stopgap players. I mean, they could go. I don't want them to go into the draft craving a defensive tackle because they're picking exactly. so late. But there's yeah. Travis Jones and Perrion Winfrey and some other guys to really like in this draft. Uh, Logan Hall, among others. But you don't want to go into this draft, especially picking where they're picking, and not have felt like you've solved a baseline at the position. So, you know, they've obviously solved Taven, signed Taven Bryan. They have the two other young guys in Tommy Togia and Jordan Elliott. I would imagine they sign a bigger body, a Linval Joseph um, type of a type of player, maybe a Eddie Goldman, a shade type big body run stuffing guy who can get to the quarterback a little bit. Those guys are still floating out there. There was some connection floated about Akeem Hicks. Uh, I think they're going to okay. go into the one year market for that player, have four guys they peg to make the roster and then go get a fifth guy and Sheldon Day makes six to make that position stomachable. I think they'll draft an interior D lineman at some point. Um, okay. That That's what I would think. But again, there's options that Calais Campbell, Team uh, yeah. Hicks. Uh, I still like Arden Key as a guy who can be inside out. And most of his damage, Arden Key's damage, was as an interior B-gap three-tech player. He would be a fun young player that they could keep developing, uh, that they, they, could, they could obviously look to play him outside as he plays a lot of outside snaps too. He's got a... He's got a little bit of clowny to his game. So yeah, um, it feels like he can fill like a Tack McKinley role a little bit too. Yeah, yeah, sure. And then, you know, they brought in Winovich as a depth guy on the edge that was well that they're going to challenge to make the roster. So, yeah, if they bring back Clowney, that solves your edge guys. Winovich is a hybrid. Then there's other hybrids in the draft of like Logan Hall and, and Arden Key that interest me if they're wanting some of those inside out guys. But then I do expect them to be serious players for one veteran in that defensive line group, um, put them at five going into the draft and then, you know, um, kind of be on the hunt for the edge and the interior D-line guys that they feel like have the most upside in the middle rounds. Yeah. It feels like, as you mentioned, the real need there on the free agent market as a veteran is definitely that big body, shade, nose type of a player, right? Mm-hmm. It feels like that's the kind of guy you want to get in free agency and not so much in the draft a proven player there, right? Yeah, I want them to go after this and sort of more pin down roles for guys on their interior group. I thought yes. both Malik's were gassed toward the middle and end of the year as yes. every down defensive tackles. I want them to go after it as what's Jordan's? skill set best suited for what down and distance what's tommy's situation best suited for what's taven's situations a pass rushing three tech okay then we'll try to put him on the field in those situations if we would like eddie goldman or akeem hicks as your shade then like hey we think this guy can do these things i need more speciality in those spots because they tried to run it with like consistently on the field guys and i thought that by the end of the year it did not work in their favor whatsoever so i think they need to more specialization there and less specialization in their linebacker group. Keep JK, JOK and Jacob Phillips on the field a ton, supplement a little bit there. But up front, I need that to be in the middle, a, hey, down and distance, pull them on, pull them off type of situation. 
um, you know, uh, when it's best. I think they should attack it that way next year, especially without any really, you know, a true dog in there, that, that, that three down guy. They don't have one of those guys, but you don't have to have one of them if you supplement types of guys for roles in a game. Great stuff, Jake. Makes a lot of sense. Go listen to uh, all the stuff the OBR does, but especially the OBR film breakdown. You can listen to it on podcasts. Uh, you can, where all popular podcasts are found, you can listen to them on Twitch. Jake is doing stuff all the time. Go check out his film breakdowns. Uh, anything coming up to look for, Jake? No, not really, man. Just kind of taking it day by day. We don't know when the big news are, you know, those things are breaking out anymore. We'll keep updating (laughs) you on free agents and we'll obviously be there to cover in depth what the, uh, Browns brass and Watson say when they eventually get out in front of the cameras, because that'll be wildly important. So yeah, nothing crazy other than the usual. We'll keep mock drafts running and keep free agency analysis happening too. So same old same at the OBR, man. Yeah, Jake has a show out just about every single day. He is on the grind, and I mean this in every bit of sincerity that, that I can stay at. There is nobody that does it better in this town, in my opinion, than Jake. Uh, Jake, uh, I love doing these crossovers. All eyes on Cleveland. OBR Film Room. Film. Film Room. I always say OBR film breakdown with Jake Burns over at the OBR uh, crossover edition. We did a bunch of game previews this year. Now we're doing a little off-season stuff. Very enjoyable. Hope your listeners enjoyed it. I know mine will hugely. Jake, any parting words? No, Brad, just the the respect is mutual, man. Really uh, appreciative of the opportunity to get with you. I think you have great takes on the Browns. I think your analysis is spot on very often. And, and, um, it's always a pleasure, man, and I look forward to keep uh, keep getting together. Same. Right back at you. Uh, for everybody at uh, OBR Film Breakdown and all eyes on Cleveland for Jake Burns, I am Brad Ward, and we are out. Out.